This is the Mind Your Business podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Mind Your Business podcast. My name's Matt Williams. I'm joined, as ever, by Alan Clark. And we've got 25 to 30 minutes of business podcast gold for you today. And uh, what's, what's the subject we're talking about today, Alan? Do you know what? The subject we're going to get in today, and I think it'll be a really useful conversation and hopefully really help and inspire people out there, is that the concept that actually every business is competing with Amazon. Every business. We're talking every single business. Okay. Okay. Even your business, Matt. Absolutely. Absolutely my business competes with Amazon. So for those of you that don't know, I run an accountancy business. Um which you might instantly think has an absolutely no business competing with Amazon. We don't sell products. So how do we compete? So this is how I see it. Um, in the modern world, right, everywhere, everything, if you want to buy something, you go to Amazon. And in that Amazon world, you have a huge amount of choice and you have this instant access to it, right? So you go in and you want to buy, I don't know, some Bluetooth headphones. So you search it at Amazon. It gives you hundreds of examples it filters them in a way the algorithm is really clever to make sure you pick what you want or what they want you to pick and then you can have it delivered the same day right how amazing you can order it last christmas i ordered my wife last minute christmas present literally on christmas eve ordered it at half nine in the morning it was delivered by five o'clock that day (laughs) right that's the world this instant gratification Mm. find the answer get the product get the result same day is is now integral to everyone's daily life and my business although it's professional services and what we're delivering can sometimes take years to deliver um the uh, the customer experience we treat ourselves like we're amazon and we compete with that so when we talk to a new client we're always on right they can get us messages wherever they are whatever whatever world they're in whether it's facebook messenger whatsapp slack email phone calls we're accessible and then they can get a proposal from us instantly, right? And if you go to you go to Amazon, you get the price straight away, right? You know how much it is. It's too prevalent within professional services firms to go have a really great conversation with someone and say, yeah, that's the lawyer for me. That's the accountant for me. Can I have a proposal? Oh, yeah, we'll email it to you. And then a week goes past and you still haven't had anything. So you ring them and chase them. Oh, yeah, we'll ever do that now. And then you get like a tatty like five line email saying oh yeah we can put together your shareholders agreement it's going to be 1500 pounds plus fat right by that point this amazon generation's moved on right they've spoken to someone else and they've gotten the price and they've signed the deal and they've moved on that's how we compete with amazon we 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 turn things around in real time so that our clients get that proposal in the meeting that they're talking with us there's no hard sell but they can they can sign on the dot and it's electronic and they can all of the the kind of know your client take on stuff is all done electronically through a portal. This is not because we, we're kind of flashy as a firm. It's because our customer base is young entrepreneurs. They're in, they used to be able to sign on the dot in the meeting on in real time and start getting the service delivered instantly. And if, and that's how, that's how it works in ARBS. And I should suspect every professional services firm, that's your, that's the scenario you're working in now. And if it takes you more than, I reckon, an hour from meeting a client or potential client or potential customer and being able to give them a price and sign them up as a customer, 
then you're there'll be someone in your industry that is quicker than you and they will find them and they will use them and you're going to be hemorrhaging potential sales because you're not in that mindset so that's how our business competes with amazon but i think that holds true for a huge amount of businesses so can I, if I come in here, uh, first of all, I'm taking notes uh, from you because I'm also a professional services uh, in uh, business and clearly there's room for improvement there. So thank you, first of all, for that, Matt. Genuinely, that's been really helpful. But that what an answer. You know, so what, what I'm getting from this is that in your view, Amazon are the clear global, you haven't said this, but the clear market leader in benchmarking delivery in many ways and not just from delivery as in a, a parcel with a nice swish uh, arriving at your door but you know the delivery in uh, your Christmas Eve example you can go on at 9 30 and it's there that day instant gratification there's the price here's a discount and and in many ways it'll be same day delivery and we've worked all that out and it doesn't matter what you're looking for is that that I hadn't thought of Amazon in that space before. I, that's really inspiring. It's also that I guess it's not just Amazon. It's these big global brands. If you go, if you go to Mercedes Benz, you go into a Mercedes dealership, and you 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 pick the car you want, and then you've got all the options, and you can build it yourself almost there. And we want cream leather seats, and we want I don't know the black pack. We don't want chrome on it. We want everything black, and we want heated seats and a heated steering wheel you you can their systems are all set up to allow you to upsell and 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 kind of create your bespoke version of their product and amazon's very good at that as well you can go in and you can look at a laptop and it gives you all the options for the laptop and you pick the right one and it tells you what the price is if you've got a business model where customers can buy various different versions of the same thing from you so i don't know if you're a funeral directors for example they can, you know, they can have a bespoke, bespoke basic um, funeral. They can have one with, I don't know, a motorcycle and sidecar hearse rather than the traditional one. And they can have five cars for the family or two cars. Or they can have this coffin or that coffin. There's 101 variations. Your customer is in this Amazon world of instantly being able to pick themselves, see the pricing, decide what they want, get the best deal for them. If your system and your sales process is not designed to do that, if your staff are selling them, this is our silver version funeral, which comes with two cars and this coffin and this type of service, you're going to hemorrhage sales or you're going to go, they're going to move and they'll go to someone that will do it in the way that they want because people are used to now being able to pick apart your product and put it back together in a way that they want that's right for them at the price that's right for them. Um and that's how I think the sales process in businesses needs needs to evolve alongside that. So a word that I use a lot in, in, in my business coaching is actually service. Uh, and for me, that 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 I, I love it because we own it. We own how good we're going to be. Um, and back to this clarity versus certainty of another podcast, that that's in that space. You know, um, but that... Therefore, you know, when you see the impact that Amazon's having in the world and all the change that Amazon is bringing into the world in terms of behaviors and, and how consumers act to that, that's a model 
that we can be inspired by to bring these principles into our own business and say, right, okay, how can I Amazon it a bit more uh, on in certain products and services and experiences that I do? I love that. 100%. And I think there's, there's also an element of what happens if something goes wrong? So have you ever returned anything to Amazon? This is, sounds like a plug for Amazon. I'm not a massive fan of Amazon, if I'm honest. But we had we had a monitor delivered. Um, new member of staff got him a monitor sent to his house because we're in this remote world at the moment and no one's in the office. And um, it never worked from day one. The power brick thing that's attached to it is faulty. We plugged it into another one and the monitor works fine. So I rang up, rang up Amazon. I didn't. Nobody rings Amazon. I went through their digital web chat. Said I want to. I don't want to return the whole monitor. All I want is the power brick. If you can send me that out, we're golden. And they and they basically said, well, we can't do that. We can't take a brick out of another box. We'll just send you another monitor. Don't worry about sending that one back. We'll send you another one. So now I've got two monitors, which is great, and a power brick, which I bought for about eight quid. So I'm, I'm well up in terms of my dealings with Amazon. But the end result is no quibble, no fuss, no stress. Two days after we said it didn't turn up, our problem has been fixed and we're still loyal customers. Every business, every small business I speak to has got this built-in guarantee, right? We've got a kitchen manufacturing client and, and they don't, we've had this conversation with them recently, they don't talk about their guarantee at all. But actually, like if, if you come and we spend 40 grand on a kitchen and it's not right, what's going to happen? Well, we'll put it right. We won't leave until it's 100%. That's their guarantee. But they don't shout about it and they don't, most customers don't get to experience it because they get things right the first time. But but Amazon is brilliant at, the, again, the customer base is conditioned now for if something goes wrong for it just to be fixed like that. with No stress, no bother. And if your customer kind of service is not at that level, there will be someone in your industry that is at Amazon's level that is beating you on that and will take your customers. We don't know if Jeff is actually listening yet, because uh, this is so, it's, we've only done a few podcasts, right? So he may be listening, but of course, for me, there's the entrepreneurial element of what Amazon and, and, and his leadership and how that grew. And, and roughly sometime in the 1990s, uh, he potentially was in a garage working it all out, not an expert in distribution chains, uh, but wanted to become an online book seller and I guess disrupt potentially companies like Borders at that time, et cetera. Um, and and it's, it's gone to where it is. So what, what other lessons and, and inspirations and insights can we as entrepreneurs take from Amazon, would you say? What other lessons can we take? Yeah, it inspire you, actually, Matt, sorry, that inspire you about Amazon that we can then replicate and use in our own business. So I guess it's it's there's a level of constant innovation. If you go back, in fact, I did this for a presentation what, three, four weeks ago now, and I went back and I used a web crawler and I looked at Amazon's first few websites, the 1994 website, the 1997 website. And looking at that, obviously, the world of websites has changed massively in that time. But if you, as an exercise, go and look at what Amazon was pushing on their homepage on day sort of one or year one, year two, compared with where it is now, 
and you can see the focus in their business because their their first few websites was almost like a book of the month club. Mm. There used to be a book of the week on Amazon that you would go there and it was the first thing on the homepage. Irrelevant of who you were before you could sign in and it had any preferences of what you might want or what was selling well, had a book of the week, right? And I imagine that book of the week probably sold okay, but it wasn't, you know, if you go on there now, it's tailored to you, right? It knows what you want. It's listening to your phone. Alexa is now going to turn on because I've said her name, but <laughs> she's listening all the time. Amazon's tailored to every individual user gets a different version of Amazon now on the homepage. Back then, everyone got the same book of the week, right? So that's the first thing. They they pivoted from that method of, of being able to search by the ISBN and get to be very book-focused. I mean, if you talk to a 15-year-old now that Amazon used to just be a bookshop, people will look at you like you're crazy, right? It comes back to that skyscraper thing. A lot of people now, their only experience of Amazon is they're this big market leader, whereas back in the day, they were this niche bookseller. Um, so what they've done fantastically well is pivoted, not only in terms of the markets that they're in, but in terms of their core product. It's pivoted with technology. As soon as the next bit of tech comes on, the next kind of not style of website, but the next, the next level of user interaction with the website, they're on it and they're first to market. And they've done that. You can now buy Amazon branded products that do a million different things. You've got the fire tablets and stuff, which, which are just in their own, a really well-rounded tablet product. They've got mesh Wi-Fi now, obviously Alexa that everyone's talking about. This is their, their success. And, and there's an element of that they're, they're, because they've been so successful, it allows them to stay at the head of the game because they've got R&D, cash to spend and all that kind of jazz. But in fundamentally, they've gone from a bookseller to a um, to a kind of multi-product website to now a platform for millions of businesses to sell their product on to home computing and internet of things business. And what they've done is they've subtly done that over the last 10 years whilst i guess still maintaining market leading the market leading edge in book selling their day one product they're still i think probably sell more books than anybody else in the world right so that's that's what i think they've done and that's where the lessons that every business owner needs to take the business you've got today by necessity will not be the business you've got in five years it'll be doing the same sort of thing you may still be an accountancy business or a plumber or a barber or whatever it is that you are, but the way you deliver your product. I mean, you were telling me yesterday, haven't you got a, a barber client who's rev like he's disrupting that industry today? But why don't we talk about him? Because I assume it's a him, because that's that's yeah, that's gonna be standard. If it works, his product will be standard five years from now for every barber's, right? I think I think that's right, you know, and um so in this space or, or, of that particular business, it's about uh, an app, uh, and, and an app's is goodness. They, they are infinite. Actually, the more I uh, understand apps and, and how entrepreneurs in many ways are using apps, and this beautiful balance of service with technology, and it's like it helps you access a third way of actual performance. Uh, I've never actually said that before, but but it does. You know, that app in that business allows a whole new level of service around booking, around queue management, round, 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 round. Um, and, it, and, and customers love it. 
you know so I, I i've i've also seen apps and other barbers as well and and it's similar things so what has been a traditional um walk-in business that i guess some barbers or, or hairdressers offered um appointments for a long time yeah but this this is all this is all changed taking to a new level of accessibility and and service Absolutely. You used to have to go. I used to remember going on a Saturday morning and sitting in the barbers. You'd have to try and time it right so that you weren't like 25 in the queue. That, that's right. That's right. And and you got a wee bit. So here you go. It's like the, I don't know, when I was a bit younger and I used to go to nightclubs, etc. And you're like three back in a queue. And, and you know, and, and you're, all you want is that bit of eye contact to know that somebody's clocked you. And that you might be another 20 minutes to get a, a, a beer or so, but at least you've been noticed. It's the same thing when I used to go to the barber shop and you're going, has the barber seen that this person, I was in front of him, even though there's now seven people squashed on the couch. And that sounds small beer until it's not. You realise that actually some barbers will thrive and some will not because this technology has given them access to, to a completely new new uh customer experience and that's exactly your point that's it the customer now is expecting instant gratification they're expecting <laughs> to be able to book it on an app walk in within two minutes be sat down having their hair cut that's the effect of amazon on barbers right and it, it, you can draw that back to every type of business which is obviously what we're talking about i wonder though if i was running the barbers i understand that my customer would want an app and would want that booking system is there an opportunity to do something different i always thought this i remember thinking this when i was 16 17 sat in the barbers in the little village that i grew up in wouldn't it be great if if they turned this barbers into something else so there's an experience there um so rather than just rather than just book on an app and go and get my hair cut i go there and i know i have to wait 25 minutes but while i'm waiting i've got coffee Oh. coffee and there's football you know there's football focus on the telly so we can sit and watch that and have a chat with whoever's there about you know and, and not turn into a pub necessarily although that could be glorious but but turn it into a destination so it's more than just a haircut that's the other way you could go right so i i i'm going to show there's a there's a barber can we name names of businesses have we not done that yet i don't know if we can but that uh, uh, well what we do name it and if we can't i'll edit it out before it goes live Okay, so there's a there's a barber's in my small market town in Pershore called Beastie Barbers, and and they they're relatively new, I think maybe two years old, and um, two things exactly that one an app uh, which helps um, bookings and and takes all the all the worry and stress about when I'm going to get my hair cut. It's all done. It's there. Um, and the other one is it's a, a relatively small uh, room, but it's um, done in a, a sort of retro type decor. So if you're into a certain sort of thing, it's got that all the way through it. It's an experience, a visual experience. Uh, the music's been picked to match that experience. Um, I, I, I love it. And as you know, I don't have a lot of hair. Uh, but you know, it's um, <laughs> the experience it, it is an experience. So I'm now going there. To your point, it's a destination. It's pleasurable. I'm going there, not stressed about when I'm going to get taken. 
and I'm enjoying my environment and I'm interacting with it. There's a coffee machine and it's nice coffee. It's not like, I'm not watch myself here. It's not like not nice coffee. It's it's nice coffee. So I'm having nice coffee. I may be reading my, my Kindle, uh, another plug for Amazon. We didn't even talk about Kindle, no, but there we go. There's another part of it. And then Amazon really is everywhere. And and then I've got my hair cut listening to actually the Beastie Boys. Uh, that sort of feel to it. And then, and then I'm out. And that's pleasurable. And actually, one of our previous content, uh, um, our first one maybe, was you saying about entrepreneurs in 2021 reinventing and reimagining the high street with different experiences. And for me, a business like that offers exactly that, doesn't it? It changes 100%. it, enriches our experience, and it makes life more interesting. And it sets them apart, right? It does, you know, and there, there, there will be certain people that, will be turned off by that and that's fine that's i guess that's the other thing right amazon is quite binary you either buy the product or you don't and they don't it's not that they don't care but there's no hard sell right you you scroll through 100 things and you might buy one or you might not that's the thing some business owners especially early stages they fall into that real early trap of wanting to sell to everybody everyone with a checkbook and a pulse is a customer right everyone's heard that that phrase but it's true and actually you I, i've got a, a restauranteur client who's who's got a really top notch top quality restaurant um and he's very clear on this is the price this is the product he said a lot of people will come in and say oh, it's a bit expensive he said that's fine go, you, know, you can go to the harvester and get an approximation of what we do but it's a lot cheaper but that's fine but this is this is the price here because this is how you know, it takes us longer to prepare the dishes. The quality of the ingredients is better. The dest- It's a destination restaurant. Um, be clear on who your market is and be comfortable. Be comfortable that not everyone should be buying from you. And that's brilliant. You don't want everyone to buy from you. You need to be picky and pick the right customers. And then you'll have this, you can build raving fans really quickly. You know, this guy has people that go every Sunday. When lockdown happened and he had to close, they were badgering him to please just do takeaways. We'll come, we'll bring our own plates keep cooking your Sunday roast, right? He has 300 people. He's a, t- a village with about eight houses and he has 300 people in every Sunday for wow. lunch. It's phenomenal. Wow. wow. So that's that's the other the other kind of way in which we compete is that you need to get that, not ambivalence as to whether someone buys from you or not, but be clear on who you're selling, selling this product to and who you're comfortable not selling it to. Amazon does that very well. It... it you know, it, it it knows everything about you, right? So it only shows you now things it thinks you might buy, but it's quite comfortable for you to browse away from it and go on to something else. And it's not chasing you around the internet forever and a day trying to get you to buy that one thing which is not right for you. So, so there we go. What are we at? We're at twenty three minutes. Do we need to be thinking about wrapping up? Or I, I, I may ask you to sum up in a novel way this time. Okay. Don't, don't worry, you, you can handle it. You can handle it. I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, you, you've got this. But but before um, before I do that, you've you've actually inspired me just with that story, just to again reconnect with 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 clarity. Your restaurant owner was very clear on the products and services and the quality and the price of that business. Uh, and has a thriving business. Now, 
I don't know the decision making, how they came to their pricing, their menu, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe had a huge whiteboard and they've got it right down. But what he has got is clarity. Um, he's not certain that people flock to it. Evidence would say people are flocking to it, but he's maximizing the probability of the people that he really wants to serve and inspire flocking to his restaurant. Um, and, and there's clarity in there. So, and Amazon, in, in many ways, is cl so clear, isn't it? You click on and it says Prime, it'll be with you by, I don't know, 11 a.m. But if you don't want that, you can have this one, it'll be with you tomorrow by 12 a.m. or blah, blah, blah. You know, it's there's clarity in it. Somebody has cared enough, and I'm going to use that word actually, and that might sound a bit disrespectful, and I don't mean it that way, but if you care enough to go there and get clarity and then communicate that, then there's 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 huge benefit in that. 100%. So to sum up, we started off with quite a bold statement, I think, that every business, no matter what your business is, you're competing with Amazon. Not necessarily in terms of the products that you're selling, or the services you're offering, but in the way that your customers have been trained by Amazon to interact with every other supplier to them. So whether you're a barber's or funeral director's or an accountancy or professional services business, your customers are now, well, this new generation of customers, you know, the, the millennials and the Gen Xs, I think they are, or Gen Zs, wherever they are, people that are under the age of 30-ish, in, they've been indoctrinated into this world of being able to pull apart your product and put it back together exactly how they want. Kind of menu price driven options, um, instant gratification in terms of, you know, you order it today, you get it today. And that really well-rounded kind of guarantee slash customer services section if something goes wrong. And that's the way, whatever business you're in, you need to be focusing on all of those touch points, the, the day one engagement and onboarding of new clients, the delivery of the product in a way, the ability to not lose the right sales, so not be comfortable to lose some sales if they're not the right customer, but to allow your customers to mix and match what they want so that they get to the deal that's right for them. I think that's key. And then if something goes wrong, to shout about your guarantee, because almost every small business owner I know, I've never met one that's happy to do a crap job and deliver a crap product right but what we don't do as small business owners is shout about it like amazon does where if something goes wrong we just fix it you'll be doing that in your small business um without maybe necessarily shouting it to your customers so that's how in my mind we all compete with amazon um hopefully there's some nuggets in there that you guys have found useful we're going to move on i think alan is raising his finger he's got one more golden nugget to give you before thank you thank you it's just that i think um found that really inspirational today that that whole concept matt of everyone is competing with amazon and how you've just closed there but at, at its core i think what you're saying is everyone can look at their business model and take something from it to help them inspire and deliver an even better product and service out there i think that's at the absolute core use what they do and replicate it at, at points in your own business. That's it. Absolutely that. Um, just have a think. It'll make you think about your business differently. And there's no harm in looking at your at your business from a completely different point of view. There, there's always going to be something you'll find in there that'll be useful. Okay. Awesome. In which case, then 
that's that's everything for me. That's everything from Alan. We'll see you soon. This was the Mind Your Business podcast. Bye-bye.